Hello and welcome to the Intrafish Podcast, where we bring you the most interesting and compelling seafood news. I'm Editor-in-Chief Drew Cherry, joined by Executive Editor John Fiorillo. It has been another crazy week in seafood news, as it always is. Uh, But today we're just going to talk about one topic, and it's because it's one that's getting a little bit mm, concerning, I would say, if you're in the seafood industry. Now, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to get in the time machine and go back to March 2021, which is a lifetime ago. But the reason I want to go back is that you may remember that movie, the world's largest salmon farming company, settled a class action lawsuit alleging misleading marketing uh, over uh, calling, um, calling its salmon, quote, sustainably sourced or, quote, all natural. Now, at the time, if you'll remember, uh, John and I talked about this on a podcast and we said, you know, I don't know if this is a good idea um, because it could be that other ambulance chasers, um, you know, lawsuit or legal firms looking for class action lawsuits they can make some money off of. We were arguing that the, those types of companies would get wind of this and probably try to do this over and over and over as much as they possibly could to make money off it. That's just kind of how it works uh, in the United States. So we are a pretty litigious society over here. Now, let's fast forward to this year and a recent run of, uh, of class action lawsuits that have been settled And actually what caught John and I's eye today that got us thinking about this for the podcast topic was uh, canned tuna giant Bumblebee. It's the largest tuna brand in the United States. And this is very interesting. A lawsuit that was brought against it has been settled by them. It was a lawsuit uh, brought by the Global Labor Justice and International Labor Rights Forum. Um, and they allege that uh, Bumblebee was uh, should not be using uh, terms such as fair and safe supply chain, fair and responsible working conditions, because they said essentially that there was no way to exactly prove that. Um, now, uh, a judge apparently um, was able to um, make a settlement between the two parties. And Bumblebee has agreed to remove those terms from its website, meaning that it's not going to use those terms to market itself. It's a huge, huge concession to make. Now, you know, what they were facing, the lawsuit they were facing, who who knows how much that could have cost ultimately. And in some ways, maybe it's just better to get this off their plate. But once again, I think this is a dangerous precedent, and we're going to see more and more and more of this. So, John, with that intro, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this, and yeah, do you think we're going to see more? Well, I mean, let's let's just stand the Bumblebee one right out of the gate, because um, think about, and I mentioned to the, this to you earlier, think about what they settled on. Think about uh, you know, people can say, oh, settlement doesn't prove you're guilty or any of that. Yeah, okay. When it comes to business, a settlement it has it has the connotation of admission of guilt. So what did they settle on? 
that they've been lying about the, their supply chain and its uh, labor practices and how it protects and fights uh, slave labor and those things. They've been lying about that. <laughs> That's basically what this settlement says. Um, and it, it, it says that their supply chain is corrupted in this sense. Now, we can have a long debate about how how much the tuna supply chain is uh, good or bad or, you know, all those things. But to your point, one of the biggest seafood companies in the world um, just basically said, yeah, the, all these claims we've been making on our website about how pristine our uh, process uh, or how big, pristine our supply chain is and how well we take care of our crews and all that is complete crap. So I, if it were me and I was CEO of another company, I probably see this and go, Hey, can, um, everybody come in here who does sustainability in this company and we'll have a little meeting. I mean, should we be putting any of these claims on our products? Because unless you're really sure and, you know, certain cases, that's no problem. You can be pretty sure your supply chain's clean. But I would think if if you're making claims, whether they be on packaging or your marketing materials or your website, um, you probably should take a really, really good look at them. And don't depend on the MSC label and the GSA label and whatever other label you want to protect you because we've proven already uh, several times that they don't protect you and frankly they don't really seem to come to bat for you uh in most cases well first let me insert myself into your argument john and say that a settlement is not legally technically an admission of guilt yeah, so, yeah i know well I it's know. it's kind of i mean you would have done great in in the salem witch trials and just you know filling i was in the salem witch trials that was how old you are that's how old you are but yes it is not an admission of guilt however however uh you do have a point and it certainly smells of of admission of guilt and um now i'm going to go back and support you um if you can't actually come up with enough proof that those claims are accurate then you are in trouble. So that's, I think, what is so interesting, you know. And just like you said, John, I think the key point here, because this this plaintiff that brought this case is actually bringing another case. We'll get to in a second, but it's actually targeting the Marine Stewardship Council eco label as well. And so that is even more concerning for the wild fish industry. Um, because that that eco label, and we've talked about this in the past. There's there's been so much there's been so much consternation about whether or not the the MSC eco label or any eco label actually gives you protection. So you can go through all this process, pay all this money, and then what do you get on the other side if you get attacked? Mm, apparently, not a whole lot. And now that the MSC has effectively lost I don't want to say they've lost this case but there there's a precedent now to say that the use of this eco label does not necessarily mean that the fisheries are sustainable and you and I know John the MSC's been under attack by other NGOs for 
years and years and years, there's always one that attacks, you know, uh, here and there. But this is different because it's actually now, um, you know, basically, again, turning the MSC Eco label against the company and saying, you know, by using this, you're not actually proving uh, you're not actually proving that you or you're not able to prove the actual claims that are made on the label. Um, there's there's a mess in there, isn't there? That's going to be I don't know. That's going to other people could use to their uh, legal advantage, I guess you could say. Yeah, well, I mean, it's undeniable that these types of cases have been growing. So um, I, I would assume to some degree that that's going to continue and. To continue to grow these cases, you have to find more targets and, um, you know, they're out there, I guess. Um, But yeah, I don't, you know, the MSC label in particular, I mean, you know, what's it doing here that is is going to help the companies at all? Clearly, I don't think it's doing anything. And the group generally doesn't say a word about it. Um, it'll be interesting because you referenced the the new Bumblebee case, which specifically goes after uh, the MSC label and challenges its efficacy. So um, this might be a really, really interesting test to see one, you know, what happens, of course, but two, I, and maybe they filed a court brief. I haven't looked yet, but. I'd be really interesting to see if the MSC comes out and defends itself Um, because generally, well, generally they don't. I mean, let's go back to Seaspiracy where they got carved and sliced like a a Thanksgiving turkey and they didn't say a word. Um, You know, they had to be pushed by the press to finally come out and, and make some sort of statement. So, uh, you know, they they sit back and they have their standard and, you know, all that. But, you know, times are changing for them. I don't think they can take this third party. They love this third party hands off kind of approach. Well, you made the standard. You you oversaw the certification of it. Um, so, you know, now what are you going to do? Yeah. No, it's it, you know it it goes um, beyond obviously Bumblebee to that same plaintiff, also bringing it against Conagra, the 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 big brand and uh, protein giant here in the U.S., which owns uh, Vandy Camps and Mrs. Paul's, which are two of the leading uh, frozen food producers in the U.S., also um, carrying the uh, or at least. I mean, the use of the MSC Eco label on those packs, I have not seen it lately, but um, this case is saying that they are, are using it and, you know, misusing it. So that's actually quite interesting, too, because if that domino kind of falls, then you have, uh, you, you're going to open the door for pretty much any MSC Eco label product to kind of fall into that, that you know, a, a class action lawsuit, I mean, again, you know, settlement does not uh, indicate guilt, as we discussed, but it is, um, think about the cost, think about the time, think about the effort to go through all this, think about the PR, that's suddenly this whole uh, idea, like you said, John, of a third-party eco-label, that's supposed to be at the heart of 
consumers feeling good about what they're purchasing. So if suddenly these lawsuits really pile up, it's just a matter of time before it starts making really big headlines beyond just Intrafish. So it's, uh, I think it's a, a pretty big concern. And, it, you know, we mentioned movie. There's also been cases against Cook. That one was dismissed, but there's been cases against the German retailer Aldi along these lines uh, for uh, also for sustainability claims and that the, uh, the global seafood alliance uh, their best aquaculture practices uh, eco label was supposed to help shield it from that, um, but that didn't help. Um, so that was also in, in a U.S. district court as well. So again, these things now that there is now that there's a, a precedent for this, um, you're going to see more. Another one that we were talking about earlier, John Gorton's, uh, another frozen uh, fish giant um, here in the U.S owned by a Japanese company, Nippon Suisun Kaisha. So Gorton's was also uh, accused of uh, of using the term, falsely using the term, quote-unquote, falsely using the term sustainably sourced because uh, a case was made, an argument was made that, and I'm quoting, that it was made from their tilapia products are made from fish, quote, industrially farmed using unsustainable practices that are environmentally destructive and inhumane. And again, that actually held, uh, or some of the products they are using, maybe all the products they are using, were, um, were certified by the Best Aquaculture Practices Program. Um, and even the New England Aquarium submitted what's called an amicus brief, which basically says, hey, we're in support of Gorton's. They actually are using sustainable uh, fish. And that that didn't help. They had to settle. So, yeah, I, I think we're in for a lot more of these, John. Well, and, and think to the uh, let's just I'll just stay on the MSC for a minute. The MSC's customer being the industry, basically, that um seeks out the label and pays to get it and all that their customer really isn't in love with them and hasn't been since the get-go but has you know begrudgingly i would say in, in most cases accepted that they needed this label and you know gone through the process of getting it and the expense and the expense of maintaining it as well so you know, there's, there, I'm just wondering, like, how much support the MSC is going to get from its own customers on this who are, you know, I, I mean, a lot of them are not, not happy with the label and all it requires to, to keep up and the, you know, what they think the return on it may be. They feel they, they have to do this. They don't necessarily want to do this. So, um, that puts the MSC in an interesting spot because their own customers aren't really like, you know, their biggest champions. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think we're going to see more and more of this, especially if the settlements keep coming and, um, which, you know, we're, we've got what, three, four, five now, um, something like that. Yeah. And that's so, more than enough. Once you have, <laughs> once yeah. you get a couple of those, um, you know, attorneys will just constantly go out and keep filing these until they can sort of bleed an industry dry. So, 
you know, like you said earlier, John, if you're a CEO of a seafood company right now, you better really be looking at the claims made on your labels because yeah, it I mean, may be you, that sustainability is not actually something that you can tout, which, I mean, wow, it says, you know, right there on the MSC Eco label, that's the whole point. So, what's exactly. the point of a consumer facing eco label if you can't actually say, sustainably sourced because then you just have a a fish then you just have a blue fish and i i don't know that that helps you out too much yeah what are you gonna do i mean you uh, let's just say you're 100 percent sustainable Let, let's just and you've got the label but um there's just that little little bit of doubt in your mind i mean do you do you change your marketing material do you kind of shy shy away and um you know not not yell too loud, but this is a day and age where we're told consumers value sustainability and they want to buy products that they feel good about that are sustainable and good for the planet, blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on if you're a CEO because I have a distinct feeling we're kind of in the first uh, first lap of what might be a longer longer run here. Well, and I think it's, um, you know, there's been some, well, there's been many, many efforts over uh, over the years, but there are new efforts to look at uh, labels, uh, I believe in the EU, and really understand uh, and really try to separate out the wheat from the chaff of which eco-labels actually have meaning, which don't. Um, you can put any label you want on a, on a, on a pack of seafood. Um, you just got to be careful what you say, but you can say, I mean, I've seen, I think it's on Gorton's that they've got a label that just says wild caught. Um, you know, okay, that's accurate. Um, but I wonder to what extent consumers kind of see that or it just sort of catches their eye and they think it's uh, a sustainable. There's an interesting study that the MSC, um, the MSC put uh, they did consumer survey and what they found was while they interviewed a lot of consumers uh, this was in 2020 I believe I should have it up so I could cite it but anyway um, bear with me you have to believe me that I'm, I'm getting it close enough to write um, so they, they asked consumers what they thought about uh, sustainable purchasing and what was most important to them etc etc and interestingly enough after sort of hearing the sustainability message, seeing the eco, the uh, you know, talking about this, seeing the the MSC uh, eco labels, um, and understanding what it was, they they it actually helped increase purchases of all seafood, which is kind of fascinating when you think about it. So even the non eco labeled seafood, so eco labels actually do lift seafood sales. But at the same time, if they're not actually lifting the sales of the product that they're certifying, hmm, then I'm not quite – yeah, then that should be probably examined a little more closely. But, you know, this this comes – this uh, these lawsuits and this scrutiny comes at a time when there is a massive ramp up to get these labels more visible in front of consumers. So the Aquaculture Stewardship Council has is doing a massive blitz in the U.S. market. 
Um, the Global Seafood Alliance also a blitz to to get the word out on on um, to to get consumers aware of its eco label. MSC's been working really hard on that in the U.S. and all kinds of other countries. So it seems like these uh, these groups have decided that they it's they, they need to grow, they need to increase their visibility. And they're going to work on a pull strategy of let's make sure that the consumers have the demand for these eco labels and that um, they'll choose that over other eco labels. Ergo, licensing fees uh, will go up, and and of course the fisheries and aquaculture production facilities will be more sustainable, but also the licensing fees. Yeah, and the timing of this strategy, given the the this lawsuit the lawsuits <laughs> may not be the best uh, ever executed uh you know all this is wrapped up in a in a larger package of uh greenwashing which you know uh, the all, all not just the msc so many groups are accused of greenwashing uh, trying to uh make products uh, appear more environmental uh than they are but I think you'll you'll see more uh, more challenges along these lines, just in general, not even in seafood, because um, the climate change implications are really starting to you know hit home. They're really starting to be seen and felt, and with that comes greater scrutiny of what you know for a long time we just assumed was right oh they got a label yeah they're doing they're environmentally sensitive well like you said uh, you know there there's higher and higher standards developing all the time to measure this stuff and um that's not going to go away and um these these lawsuits uh, i think are a sign of of what's to come as we try and grapple with what we should be eating, what we should be growing, catching, whatever it may be, um, as far as the health of the planet and the health of humanity is concerned, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. I I uh, I'll be I'm, obviously we're watching it closely, but. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure that uh, it's not going to become quite a big deal. It's kind of heading in a in a you know a backwards direction in a way, which is kind of interesting. Now I'm going to return to that uh, global seafood consumer survey that the MSC did again that I referenced. Um, but what you said, John, really uh, is is very important because in their survey. They ask, what are the most concerning environmental threats for seafood consumers? So what are they most concerned about? These are among seafood consumers. What do you think the number one concern is among seafood consumers? 54% of them. What do you think the number one was? Related to sustainability? or No, just oh. the, in, the most concerning environmental threats for seafood consumers. I don't know. It's climate change. Oh. Now – Think about that for a second. Okay, I'm going to list them off. Climate change, number one. Pollution and waste damaging rivers and streams, number two. Extreme weather events changing weather patterns, number three. Air pollution, number four. Loss of destruction of rainforest, number five. You have to go all the way down to number six to have people 
concerned about health of the oceans and decline in fish populations. Those first five have nothing to do with anything. No eco label can actually give you satisfaction or in any way, no existing eco label can tell you that the seafood you're eating is actually climate change safe. You just can't. You can say, all right, emissions are lower, whatever. You know, you can say the carbon footprint maybe is a little bit lower. But, you know, pollution and waste damaging rivers and streams, I don't know. I mean, how do you do that? How do you tell a consumer that you're that you're not uh, damaging rivers and streams? Or extreme weather events, you know? Hurricane-safe seafood? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do about a lot of that and um proving that you are doing something about it is gonna get harder and harder and harder and um yeah thus more lawsuits yeah yeah and i think you know again we've talked about this in the past but it it's going to come back to it seems back again to the retailers that the onus will be on them to uh, assure the consumers that uh, when you walk in the store, whatever you choose is already going to be sustainable. We mentioned this last week, if you remember, um, we mentioned that Red Lobster at our uh, leadership event was, uh, it was a couple people, but the um, Red Lobster buyer was was on the panel. And, uh, you know, he said they take eco-labels with a grain of salt. And um, then he went on to say that that's because we have to do our own due diligence. We have to do our own own homework. And so you, I would say even more than ever, anybody that is reliant, be they a retailer or a company, anybody that is reliant on an eco-label to give it full protection, uh, to allow it to say, that um, that it's sustainable is uh, it's going to be pretty uh, it's going to put themselves in a in a exposed position. Totally, totally. I mean, that's that's undeniable. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Remember that you can find all our news 24-7 on IntraFish.com. You can also sign up for our newsletters there. And you can download our app. That's on Google Play as well as the App Store. And that's the absolute best way to keep up with us. You can get push notifications. And when we have breaking news and recommended uh, stories, you'll get those first as well. All right. Thanks, and we'll speak to you next time.